0: It's time for America's Most Unique Motorsports Show, Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer. brought to you by Lucas Oil Products. It works.
1: Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Mostly Motorsports. I'm Scott Trailer, along with Austin O'Neill, producer extraordinaire, and Kirk Elliott sitting in with us as he does each and every Monday i uh, got a lot to talk about today, and uh, we're going to get Lee Spencer on here in just a moment and get her on at the top of the hour talk about um, Joey Logano winning his second championship in the Cup Series. Uh, also, we'll talk about Coy Gibbs passing away as well. That was kind of sad news, hearing that uh, Ty Gibbs wins the championship and then his father passes away that night. Pretty sad, wasn't it, Kurt?
2: Yeah, when we were all geared up to watch that race yesterday and heard that news, boy, that put a damper on the whole day. I it just sucked all the air out of the room, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Um, you know,
1: I I, I, I knew uh, Coy Gibbs. Um, back in the day, as you remember, Kirk, um, we had a racing school out at I-70 Speedway. Uh, Brad McDonald and myself had a racing school, and we bought a couple cars from— um, Coy gibbs at uh, joe gibbs racing and we bought a uh, um, uh, uh a, a grand national car it was a porter cable car that we we ran and uh we used it as our workhorse out there and we also bought a turnkey super speedway car that we bought um and we use those for our school cars out there at i-70 speedway back in the day um Coy was a really good guy, man. Um, he, he really treated us well. And when we talked to him, it was uh, really a, a shame to hear the passing of Coy Gibbs. And we don't know what he passed away from, right? We haven't heard that yet. But I got—I I hate to say this, but, man, uh, I got to feel that there was a lot of stress on Coy. Because of his son's doings over the last over the last year really, to be honest with you.
2: Wouldn't you think there'd be some stress on him a little bit? Oh, there's no doubt about that. But uh, man, we just I we just, just don't know other than they know. said he died in his sleep.
1: Yeah. Let's uh let's bring in Lee Spencer. She joins us now on the show. Lee, how you doing?
3: I'm doing great. How are you guys this morning?
1: Are you at the airport?
3: Yeah, we're at the airport waiting to board.
1: Okay. Uh, let, let me ask you, let's start off with the passing of Coy Gibbs. That that was just uh, devastating news that we heard,
3: wasn't it? It was absolutely shocking, and it put a call on the on the entire day. I mean, it really wasn't until the race got going that, you know, people just kind of cleared their minds and were able to, to focus on the task at hand, uh, you know, which was the actual championship itself. But, um, you know, the fact that he had been in the media center just hours before was just, you know, so shocking and overwhelming to so many people. And then, you know, just, of course, um, you know, the people that work with him day in and day out, Um, you know, Joey Logano, the champion, he started his career there. I mean, there's, you know, at the end of the day, and I don't have to tell you this because you've been racing a lot longer than I have, but you know that it's a family and, when one person hurts, we kind of all hurt together. And, um, I will definitely say that it was, uh, you know, really, really tough on, on uh, the racing community yesterday.
1: Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you know this Lee, but back in the early two thousands, I, I owned a racing school out at I 70 Speedway and we bought a couple cars from Coy Gibbs. Really nice guy, man. It, awesome guy. Awesome guy. Really just a great guy. Um, do, have we heard any any rumors to what he passed of? Do we, do we know no, anything?
3: You, you no, know, we're just, uh, I think the details are just starting to come in. And so I wouldn't want to speculate, um, right. you know, without having any details. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, you know, the bizarre thing was yeah. his brother was the exact same age when he died. And it just has to be absolutely devastating for the family. Yeah, you,
1: you're, you're not supposed to die before your children. I mean, you're supposed to die before your children. That's what what I was trying to oh, say. Oh,
3: absolutely not.
1: Yeah, yeah, no doubt.
3: No, I have. Uh, yeah, I mean, just just a tough, tough
1: deal. Yeah, no doubt. Well, let's move on, and let's talk about Joey Logano picking up his second championship yesterday. Um, Is the biggest story out of that race, Ross Chastain getting into the back of Chase Elliott on that restart?
3: I'm sorry, what, Hunt? One more time?
1: What, was the biggest story, Ross Chastain getting into the back of Chase Elliott on that restart?
3: Uh, that I mean, you know, I think that was a racing deal. The TV guys who, you know, raced a lot longer than I had, they called it a racing deal. But, I mean, it actually, it absolutely changed the complexion of that race. Because um, I don't know and you know, the closing laps how... Out the nine would have been, but he was certainly competitive, and right. Um, he uh, we'll never know, right? I mean, you look at how solid that the the Hendrick cars were last year with the two of them battling for the championship and ultimately Kyle Larson coming on out on top, but um, I you know, that was just um. It's like one of those woulda, coulda, shoulda deals, right? We're, we'll never know what the outcome might have been.
1: Right. At the end of that race, it, it appeared that Ross Chastain was quicker than Joey Logano. He was running him down. But it, when he got to the 12 car, the 12 car wasn't going to make it easy on him to get around him, was he?
3: Oh, absolutely not. I mean, he was his swing man throughout the day. I think we could all see that, right? I think yeah. even Roger Penske, somebody said Roger Penske, did mentioned that on the radio. So, um you know that was that was uh that's what he was there to do but i will tell you um as much as as blaney played into the end of that race you also have to um there was another secret weapon that we found out when i asked uh paul wolf if there was anything from a strategy side that we might have missed when determining the outcome of the championship and He basically said that um, throughout the race, he was texting Rodney Childers to pick his brain on certain strategies, and who would have thought that you would turn to somebody from another race team, and I'm actually going to write about that today because I've texted with with Rodney, and uh, he said, you know, more than even being Ford teammates were friends. And he said that that was really the determining factor as to um, the two of them, you know, being in contact throughout the week and throughout the race.
1: Right. You know, in my eyes, it appeared to me that Ryan Blaney was faster than Joey Logano. I think Ryan Blaney was just being a team player running second to run interference between him and Ross Chastain But I think Ryan Blaney was the faster of the
3: two cars, don't you think? Oh, I think he should have won that race. I mean, I absolutely think he should have won that race yesterday. And, um, you know, I'm not going to question the 100% rule. We know what he was doing. We know why he was there. And, um, you know, sometimes, especially in the, the Penske Corporation, being a loyal soldier takes you a lot further than wins.
2: Right. Hey, Lee, you called this the other day. Joey Logano and his team had three weeks to get prepared for this race over and above everybody else that made the final four. That really made a huge difference, and it showed the entire weekend, and getting the pull was the big part of the whole weekend.
3: Oh, I, I mean, I think preparation, you know, he said the preparation was key, and you look at it throughout that entire Um, The whole three, three weeks. I mean, his confidence was brimming throughout the weekend. I mean, when we went to media day on Thursday, he had a whole different demeanor than any of the other championship four contenders. And he, you know, the confidence that he had, I believe it carried him all through the weekend from winning the poll to winning a stage, you know, to being there at the end, to make it, you know, to to win the race and win the championship. But I, you know, I firmly believe that just having that opportunity um, to work, you know, for Paul Wolf to work on the car for he and Joey to spend every waking moment comparing notes and seeing what they needed to do. Both of them had been there before, right? Right. Joey had been there. He'd won the championship um, and, what is it? Twenty was it 2018, and then um, you know Paul had won it won the very first Cup championship with Roger Penske with Brad Keselowski. So both of them had been in that position before, and um, you know to see Roger finally after three decades win his first Cup championship and his first IndyCar championship in the same season. Um, What a remarkable accomplishment for for the captain.
1: Hey, do do we know if Christopher Bell had uh, engine problems? Because he said during the race that he thought he had some engine problems. He still ran 10th yesterday. Um, Did he have engine problems? Do we know?
3: Um, he said that, you know, he thought that just something had missed there for a second, and, and that's why he, he reported that, and he said he was smelling smoke. I think when it's your first time in the championship for and you have to admit, or you have to imagine, rather, um, that getting the news like he did yesterday morning, he had to have been a little bit rattled, right? Um, so I'm, I'm thinking that... What he was experiencing, you know, there might have been a miss. There might have been, you know, something that um, kind of, you know, gave him reason for pause. But I think at the end of the day, it was probably just gremlin. Well,
1: do you think he's pretty disappointed in his effort yesterday, Christopher Bell?
3: Absolutely not. I talked to him yesterday after, you know, on pit road. And I think, I think he's content knowing that, um, he and Adam Stevens are going to be together a long time, and this is just the beginning. Um, you know, I I really feel like they have built a, a solid foundation. Um, Christopher said, and, you know, this really, Reed and I just kind of looked at each other. We were really shocked because, you know, Christopher said a year ago they should have fired me because I just didn't believe in what Adam was trying to do. And, you know, here they are a, a year later, and they're finishing third in the standing so you you have to believe that um you know there's been a transformation that occurred there and they're in a really good place and i i of you know between he and and ross um i you know those are two stories you know even though that was their first time there it won't be their last right and and i think that those two teams are just going to be Um, stronger. I'm going to write something on Phil Surgeon this week, who's Ross Chastain's uh, crew chief, and he said, think about it. A year ago, Trackhouse only had one team. A year ago, we finished 20th in the points. Here they are finishing second in the standings. And, um, you know, as as Justin said earlier in the week, we're playing with house money, and for them to get as far as they did, um, I think it's a testament to – just the leadership over there, and what they're capable of, to, capable of doing moving forward.
2: Did you see that interview on NBC with Ryan Blaney at the end of that race? He was not a happy camper. Yeah, he was wingman I, for uh, Joey Logano, but he, he wasn't very happy at the end of that race.
3: Wingman, company man, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I kind of think that. Um, he took one for the team yesterday and, and, um, it will, like I said, I think it'll pay dividends down the road. Um, I did not get to talk to him. I will say that, um, you know, when I ran onto pit road, uh, I went to find him and Harvick and they had, you know, they had ghosted. And so, um, I, you know, I, I really didn't, I didn't get a sense of the room from Blaney after post-race. So I'll have to watch the post-race, um, you know, when I get settled. Yeah. Uh, so what's
1: this do for Joey Logano's career? Uh, it, does this make him a Hall of Famer now?
3: Oh, he was a Hall of Famer before this with Daytona 500 right. wins in a championship, your your first ballot. Um, you know, this just solidifies it. And, you know, when you look at it, he really had a shot at winning four championships. I mean, I think the big one that got away from him was uh, his crowning year, which uh, was the year that that uh, Kenseth took him out at Martinsville. He had, what, six, seven wins that year? And so um, that's, to me, the one that got away. He thought the one that got away was 2020, but I think by far they were a stronger team um, prior to that. And, you know, he didn't have to make that move on, on Matt Kenseth, and I'm sure that was a learning moment that he's carried with him ever since.
1: Yeah, one of the big stories yesterday was Kyle Busch, his final race for Joe Gibbs Racing. Um, he's going to be going to RCR. What do you what do you feel like the chances of Kyle Busch contending for a championship driving for RCR next year? Do you think he can do it?
3: I do, I do, and I think Chevrolet will put the resources behind him and make that happen. Um, funny story: we ran into his spotter Tony Hirschman after the after uh, you know when we all got back to the hotel last night. We just hung out for a while. Um, you probably know his. His brother, racist. Um, what is, I think it's modified, um, but we were all just talking about it, and he, you know, basically said that it, he's staying. Um, you know, he's staying with Joe Gibbs. He's going to be tied spotter next year. Uh, he thinks he's going to work with John Hunter in the Xfinity series, so that should, you know, give him that opportunity. Um, I, I think I've said on this. You know, I think I've said before that. You know, I've been hearing that the uh, Ty's going to drive the 54, not the 18, next year. So that's a little, you know, little nugget there. But um, you know, Tony said it was a, you know, bittersweet. But he he, he had to make the decision where he was going to go, and he elected with JGR because of just all the opportunities there. But he uh, he really thinks that that Kyle has something to prove, and that it's going to be a, uh, you know, he'll pick up right where he left off because he's just such a and um, I think that, you know, like I said, RCR has not had a driver of his caliber, and I will say since um, Richard Childress. I know Harvick had, you know, plenty of opportunity, but he couldn't get it done in the tenure he was there. I mean, for whatever reason, they were just not at the same level of Hendrick at that time or some of the other organizations. And Harvick probably spun his wheels too long there, but with the new alliance among the GM partners, I think that that's really going to help Kyle to a degree where Harvick didn't have that kind of support when he was there.
1: Yeah. This is a big win for Chevrolet to be able to get a driver of the caliber. Well, not just that,
3: the truck series too, right? I mean, because Kyle's going to be able to, to groom drivers. They haven't had that for a while. Um, You know, between what he's able to do with KBM, with Chase, Purdy and um, oh, uh, Wood is his last name, Jack Wood, um, you know, they're, they're solid there. They're going to do a technical alliance with a third truck with Rev Racing and Nick Sanchez. So, um, you know, I, I think the future bright as far as bringing in young talent and, and grooming them for future success with Chevrolet.
1: Were you a little nervous when Alex Bowman hit the wall after coming back from a concussion? Were you a little nervous about that? I was that? a lot
3: nervous. Yeah, um, me too. I got a call from somebody this morning, and uh, they were like, oh, you know, I'm coming up XYZ Road, and I'm driving behind Alex this morning. I'm like, I bet he wish he would have stayed home this weekend. Right, right. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm not sure what happened. I don't think they interviewed Michael McDowell. And were they are going down the backstretch there? Going into turn three, um, you're blinded by the light at that time of the day, so I'm not quite sure if that was something that you know they were dealing with, because I just can't imagine Michael McDowell, who also grew up in Arizona like Alice, would you know just run straight into him and take him out like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Before we let you go, uh, Brad Keselowski, he had one of those uh, fires like Kevin Harvick had in his car.
3: I think that was the ninth one for Ford for the year, right? Yeah. And even though NASCAR said they've addressed it, apparently, apparently it's not fixed. Um, I do have some news on the Keselowski front. They're going to be expanding their operation um, and adding two cars there. Now they won't be Roush Fenway oh, wow. cars, but uh, another Ford team is coming over, and they're going to be a four-car team, um, so to speak. You know, with the Technical Alliance um, starting in. in 2023, so I'll be uh, posting that story up on Racing Voice in the next couple of days.
1: All right. well Lee I know that you're on an airplane and you're about ready to take off, we appreciate you taking the time to join us here at the top of the hour, thanks so much for doing so and uh, we'll talk to you Saturday, okay?
3: Look forward to talking to you guys on Saturday and uh, all I can say is aloha and that should tell you where I'm off to
1: Have a good time yeah, great, work this, great work this weekend, Lee. Yeah, good job.
3: Thank you, gentlemen. Take all right, care.
1: All righty. There you have it, Lee Spencer joining us. I um, want to remind everybody about what's going on up at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum. They've got another Corvette up there right now, a, t- a 2023 Z06 Corvette with the Z07 package, performance package in it. This is a pearl white Metallica uh, tricot color and... Not only that, they're going to give you $25,000 in cash to help pay for the taxes with this performance car. This Corvette has 760 horsepower. It's a 5.5 LT6 V8 engine. It goes from zero to 60 in 2.6 seconds. It's an eight speed automatic. It's got all the whistles and bells. It's got the larger tires on it, it's got the larger wheels, big brakes, aero package. Again, this is the Z06 Corvette with the, the uh, Z07 performance package. And I'm telling you, folks, this is as close to a real race car on the street as you can get. Right? This is a real performance car. You, you remember back in the day, Kirk, when, when you could buy, a, 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 a say, a, a Hemi, and they made 425 horsepower. This car makes 760 horsepower. Can you believe that? That's crazy. uh, For a street car? Street car, (laughs) 760 horsepower. So if you want to have a chance to win this Corvette, you can go to winaz06corvette.com. That's winaz06corvette.com. And uh, you can buy your raffle tickets there as well. And also, you still have time uh, to put in... And buy raffle tickets for this four ten sprint car that they're giving away. It's a triple X chassis, two thousand twenty two triple X chassis. This is a complete race ready four ten sprint car and they're gonna give you twenty five thousand dollars in cash as well there as as to help pay for the taxes.
2: That drawing is a little more than a month away. It's getting close.
1: That is gonna happen on Friday, December sixteenth. They're going to be giving that car away. And if you want to buy a raffle ticket um, to purchase a raffle ticket, you can do so at sprintcarraffle.com. That's sprintcarraffle.com. And if you don't want to do it online, you can always do it over the phone at 641-842-6176. You can do that with the Corvette as well, I'm sure. You can call them up there and buy a raffle ticket. Again, that number is 641-842-6176. This is a complete 410 Sprint car, folks. Um, if you win it, you can sell it. Put all that money in your pocket plus that $25,000. So buy a raffle ticket for the uh, the Corvette at winaz06corvette.com
2: or for the Sprint Car, sprintcarraffle.com as well. And okay. if, you, if you don't win, it all goes to a great cause to help uh, the keep National, keep the sprint, national sprint, car- sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum growing strong. Yep, that's awesome. All right, we're gonna take a break
1: when we come back. More Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Lucas Oil Products. It works. We'll be
0: right back. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer. There is less than one hundredth of an inch of motor oil protecting your car's engine You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer.
1: Welcome back to Mostly Motorsports. I'm Scott Trailer, along with producer Austin O'Neill. Kirk Elliott sitting in with us as he does every Monday and Friday. Kirk, how'd your team do this weekend?
2: Uh, my Cyclones won for the first time in six weeks. How about that? How about that? Five game losing streak gone. They won. Who'd so. you beat? West Virginia. Were they any good? No, they were down at the bottom of the heap, just like Iowa State was. So, so. hey, I'm more excited about your Chiefs last How night. How about though. that? That was a pretty good game, wasn't it? That was a heck of a game.
1: And it, let me just say this I'm, I'm wearing a Patrick Mahomes shirt today. You notice that? Man, he did it all last night, didn't he? He. he did he not just put that team up on his shoulders and carry that team last night? He
2: did what he had to do to win. That's what he did. I have have you ever
1: watched a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes before? He doesn't give up. He never gives up, nope. does he? You know, it, it's so funny when I when I was watching that game last night. You know, I never thought that we were out of it. Now, not with him in charge. Never once did I ever think that we were out of that game last night at all. And he he kinda just took it upon himself to you know, he was the highest rushing quarterback you know, the 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 number one rushing uh running back. He had more yards than anybody else. I think he had sixty three yeah. yards.
2: Yeah. I mean he he just put the I mean he couldn't find anybody open. So he just right. took off and run with it. Yeah. And that's how he scored. That's how they got that two-point conversion, which, by the way, the kicker made me a little nervous last night. Butker missed a field goal and an extra point. Listen,
1: if if he makes those kicks, this game's not even close. It doesn't even go into overtime. It doesn't even go into <laughs> overtime. I'm, I'm thinking that we might have to start
2: looking for a new kicker. Well, he got hurt. Here uh, early in the season, I'm not sure he's back to 100%. I don't know. know.
1: I know he did, but but still,
2: you got to make the extra points. But that Titans, that's a tough team, man. They they were a little chipping going on. They were wanting to fight. Um, And the Chiefs wouldn't have any of it. And I thought the Chiefs defense did a great job. They did an excellent job. Uh, for most of that ball game. because early on, it looks like that Derrick Henry was just going to run roughshod over him. They got that stopped.
1: Man, in the second half, the defense really came around, didn't they? Yeah, they did. They played well. They played really well. Uh, to be honest with
2: you, who really wins that game? Is it Patrick Mahomes or is it the defense? Both, but I think Patrick Mahomes has got to get a lot of credit for making some plays that only he could make. Right. Those running plays that he had. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. But he wasn't very
1: accurate last night with the ball, though, was he?
2: Well, it was hard because they were pressuring him and he was getting the ball off not when he wanted to and the and really the Titans had everybody covered. They were they just blanketed uh Travis Kelsey last mm-hmm. night and the, it was hard to get anybody else open. He just couldn't – but the big pressure that he got from that Titans defense, that was the big part about it.
1: Yeah, no doubt. But that was a hell of a game, though, wasn't it? Yeah, great game. Great game. Enjoyed nice the day. heck out of that.
2: All right. I uh, liked all the racing that went on this weekend, too. We had some good racing. Oh, we time. had
1: a lot of good racing. Uh, Should we start with the World Finals? We want to start sure. there. Yeah. Donnie Schatz goes back-to-back. Um, He, he wins two nights. And uh, he picks up a total of
2: $40,000 for the weekend. Outside of winning the Knoxville Nationals, that was his best weekend of the year. Isn't it funny that
1: that, that the last race that he won was yeah. the Knoxville
2: Nationals, and he didn't win a race until he got down to the World Finals? Yeah. yeah, he had a great weekend down there. That's a place where he's done well at over the years. And, boy, they had it all working on Friday and Saturday night. That's for sure. Yeah. Um. Austin, what's your thoughts about Donnie Shots picking up those back-to-back
8: wins? What did you think about all that? Uh, he started the year off uh, the same way he ended it, or he ended the, year the ended the year the same way he started it off, and and you won. Um, yeah, he won uh, the first night at the Dirt Car Nationals at Volusia and, and won the last night or last two nights. So, um, yeah, it was. Um, I don't. I don't want to say. It, still disappointed in the track prep. Um, you know, all three nights, uh, we saw, um, just ripping the
1: tires to pieces, weren't they?
8: Yeah. I, I don't think it's, you know, Hoosiers had issues all year long and I still think Hoosiers is still having issues, but this wasn't all on, on Hoosiers, you know, Hoosiers fault. Uh, it was, you know, more on the track side of it. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, just, uh, just a little disappointed in, in, in seeing that. Um, you know, I was really hoping maybe the track would be a little bit better. Uh, to allow, you know, David Gravel to have a shot, but uh that really, really didn't didn't work for him this weekend. I don't really have have much else to say, but just not not a good look on Charlotte the past couple of years. No. Needless it, to say. It, it, they've they've had countless issues and I, I'll never forget the year. I don't remember if it was nine it might have been nineteen or twenty. When it was just a complete dust bowl and you couldn't see the cameras, couldn't see the cars, you know, even being on Those top was of was times the, this year, it was like that. Well, a that was bit. that was like you know heat race and and dash and B and the A. It was it was like that all night long, and mm-hmm. it was it was every night, and it it
2: wasn't that bad this year. But now the dust wasn't as big an issue last night as I thought it might be. What Saturday uh, night? So uh, Brad Sweet
1: did what he had to do, right? To pick up the. The championship again his fourth championship what'd you think about uh his performance he ended up running fifth
8: yeah i mean yeah he had the best three nights he he could have you know probably had you know he didn't go out there and make many mistakes if any at all um you know and he did what he had to do was was run close enough to the front to where if, if you know david did you know get around you and outrun you right you weren't going to lose a lot of points and you know his, his point lead actually you know almost doubled maybe tripled you know after after the weekend so uh and, and and it all kind of fell apart for you know David on the first night when um he just had a bad effort in the dash and and couldn't start up in the first row or two and, and started in the fourth row and you know you put uh Brad on the front row he's he's gonna walk away and and be hard to beat and um, I, I, against those those types of cars or those those caliber cars, it's it's gonna be hard to do that. But yeah, um, it. it I was pulling for David. I was really hoping he could he could beat, um, you know, knock knock down the, the streak of, of three in a row for Brad. Um, and I felt like it was just finally time for him to to get a championship and and add that to his his list of accomplishments. And after the first night, I I, I knew it that probably wouldn't be the case. But you know, don't give up hope. Um, you never know what can happen, but it just—you could tell how how the championship was going to be decided after the first night.
1: Gravel never really showed the speed that he normally shows down there at the World Finals. He he started fifth, he ended up running eleventh. Um, I, I I didn't never did really see the speed out of his car
8: all weekend. Did you, Austin? There was times that it was fast and qualifying um right. race trim it's just it and wasn't actually looked it, good a couple times it, it wasn't there and then you know Saturday night he, he might have a, a shot to to start decent and and maybe get a couple points to Dave uh, not uh, to to Brad and, and and hope that maybe he gets caught up in, in a tire going down or a crash in the A and and you, know, you have you know two mosquitoes upside down in front of you and, and one on top of you and and you know there's your advantage gone just like that so right. um if it it just was you know one of those weekends you know you can't you can go out there and 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 try to minimize you know mistakes on on your end and 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 make sure everything can can go to plan and you know sometimes you know things are out of your out of your your, uh, control
1: you you talk about uh, cole macedo driving the 55 car leading that that dash
8: and goes in there and spins out and takes out his brother that, that probably didn't go over very well did it uh, he took out his brother took out um you know luckily you know David didn't get that much damage and was able yeah. to, to come back out but I, I don't know what happened um I've watched it countless times now and I don't know you know if he just you know overslid himself and with the track being slicker than he maybe anticipated on um just just made a mistake and and it's it's really easy to when you're sliding somebody on the track that slick to, to overslide yourself and right. and and you know now you're halfway up the track and you know you're not going to slow down what time you get to either the cushion or the wall and and you're just in kind of you know panic mode and and, and you just back it up into the fence and uh you know you, both of both Macedo cars were crashing at the same point and right. and you know Carson just saw it happen before um you know it did and and tried to avoid it and and he didn't know that he was well, he he knew his racing, uh, you know, David, but uh, nothing you really can do when you're trying to uh, right. to avoid
1: a wreck. Right? Do you feel that um, Cole Macedo went in a little bit too low and just slid through the slick stuff in the center, and he just lost it?
8: You feel like that was the case? Well, there's probably two things that happened. One, he, he overslid himself, and that when I say he overslid himself, he drove it in so deep that, you know, when he when he lost or got through the the moisture patch on the bottom. Uh, the car was was so fast and and traveled across the slick and uh, just got free on them. Or two, he, the track was kind of dusty and we did see when when they went down through their, in the three that a, a bunch of dust you know did come up. So either the track was really dusty and and you know no matter where you're at you're going to be affected by it and that's what caused them to to spin and back back up into the wall. But um, you know no matter you know which scenario it is he still made a you know a mistake and and crashed a really fast race car and then actually crashed a couple fast race cars in the process. Yeah, no doubt about it. What, you, what are your thoughts there, Kurt?
2: Uh, yeah, that fast dash was the, probably the biggest race of the night because, you know, Sweet able to stay out in front and start up front and uh, go on and do his thing. Because, if you, if you know, if you're starting back towards, you know, the middle of the field, there's a lot more chance of something going wrong. There's and only start, eight
1: in the dash, though.
2: Right, but... Yeah sweet was able to get himself up on that front row and you know game over he still would have even if he gravel had won he still would have only had to finish 17th to salt away that championship still but you know with the tire issues and other things that can go wrong in a race you know your night can be over in a in an instant you know, if you have some kind of a tire issue or something goes wrong with your race car like it did up at Williams Grove Speedway a couple right. of weeks ago, but starting on the front row gives you a whole lot of peace of mind when you're trying to salt away to a championship.
1: The last thing that you want to do in that dash is tear your car up, right? In right. that right, Austin? Nobody wants to – they want to go out there, race for the position, get their starting position, and bring the car home in one piece. That's the last thing they want to do is go out there and tear the car up during that
8: dash. Well, let's be honest. There's probably not enough time to fix it because uh, you have a B. No, you have. Um, you know, maybe you Well, they had two support classes, so they might have ran in between there. But most nights, you don't have time to go out there and fix your car if it's if it's torn up a lot. And right. now you're going to be forced to pull a backup car out, and you pull a backup car out, and now you got to go from starting. You know worst spot being eighth in the dash to 24th and that's just right. not what you want to do and in and, and um I mean that that the dash can make or break your night but it uh you definitely don't want it to to break your night like like it did for for Missy, though.
2: You know we were talking about Donnie Shots what a great weekend he had. Gio Selzy really had a good night he on really Saturday did. night. yeah. Finishing in second place in the 8 main.
1: Yep, yeah, no doubt about it. Um he started up listen how important is it austin to start up front at charlotte because as we know it's kind of tough to pass on that racetrack and the tires get abused it it, it, it's really important to start up towards the front of this
8: race isn't it well it's it's in sprint car wing sprint car racing in general with, with dirty air and clean air and i'll read off um some stats i read on on saturday's show on uh where the winner started in let's say i'll just read off the past five or six uh starting positions so donnie shots won so the f- first two races are from charlotte this week donnie shots won from first looking Shehart won one from fourth lance the won from the pole james mcfadden won from third gravel won from second i80 mm-hmm. and then the last one was port royal uh and anthony Mackin run from second so I mean your average, average starting spot there is is like let's say you know second or third. So yeah, it's, it's really important to be in the first at least two rows to to get out there in clean air and, and get going and, and not you know and have have the pace of the leaders and and not try and race your your way up through the field, right? Uh
1: Tammy, she's chiming in. She said I'd argue that Cole Macedo took out Anthony Macri on Friday night, but in full disclosure, I'm a big time Macri fan.
2: Well, I'm not sure I agree with that Cold Macedo took out Macri. They they made contact there, and that was devastating for Macri. But I didn't I didn't see cold Macedo really jumping out of the his line there. What what did he... An- Anthony
8: came down and, and yeah. I mean, or take, the, take that back. Anthony ran into the back of Colt Macedo. So yes. you know yeah. it's not like you know he hit him in in the back of the left ear. So he when I think of if having a position over somebody, it's it's right front to like the Nerf bar. He was within a foot and a half of, of having position, you know, of that spot. So just a mistake on Anthony's part, um, and it cost him big time. I mean, they killed – it, it should have it, – I'm not sure what it hurt, but it should have hurt the frame, every bolt-on part on that car and the motor when Cale Thomas hit him um, or Cole Thomas hit him. Um, so, yeah, and just, just kind of a racing deal, you know, coming down the – they, all, they wanted the same spot, and, you know, he
2: wasn't wasn't close enough there to get it. That was on Friday night. Yeah, I agree. But I'm just happy that Macri jumped out of that car okay after he got hit by that Thomas car.
1: Yeah, no doubt. That was a scary hit impact. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt about it. Cole, Cole says uh, the dirt track at Charlotte surface is garbage, and the year-end banquet and championship celebration at the World Racing Group held a
2: H- held a joke uh, I, I, they didn't have a banquet this year they just had it in the pit embarrassing area, right?
1: TSR will not be a platinum team next year who said that uh, one
2: of our, uh, our people on here Cole he said that TSR will not be a platinum team what's that mean w- w- why why wouldn't
1: they be a platinum team next year that's what I want to know
2: That's Donnie Shouts we're talking about right
8: right He's going to run full-time. Yeah. yeah. Not if you're a platinum member. Huh? A platinum member is is the memberships that the full-time outlaw guys get. Um, and that it's full of rewards and, and perks for, for being a full-time outlaw member. So uh, if he's declaring he's not going to be a full-time uh, or have a platinum membership, um, that means he's not going to follow the full outlaw tour and, and go go race wherever and whenever. High limits. Ohio I haven't high heard limit, that. All stars. Who broke that news? Knox, I'm It's not official yet. It's I haven't not heard official. That. I haven't heard that.
2: That's somebody posting that out on Twitter. That that might be well, what. Well,
1: uh, one of our one of our listeners here yeah. just saying that. I haven't heard that. Yeah, I, I'm not sure that that's going to be seen. Um, Donnie said to Chaz Thompson that the Outlaws are effed up. is what he said. I, I, to me personally, I I don't know about that. I I, I still think Donnie Schatz is going to run full time with the Outlaws sure. next year.
2: Yeah, absolutely. He's gonna be and, going to be unless, I, he said he's healthy the other night. He, uh, you know, we're going to give him some trouble next year. He's the, uh, he's uh, going to run for the uh, championship and try to win his eleventh title. Yeah, he said that. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna make it hard on. Brad Sweet. Did he say he that? Said. Yeah,
1: he did. All right, Scott. We're gonna Bloom- make it
2: hard on him next
1: year. Scott Bloomquist. Uh, Pete chimed in. Thank you, Pete, for always uh, being a part of the show. Um, he said Scott Bloomquist is going to be the guest on Dale Junior's download this week. Get the popcorn popcorn ready for that one. That ought to be interesting. CFO Dale Junior pulls anything out of Scott Bloomquist.
8: You think? Well, get, he can uh, conduct a pretty good interview, so I, can, yeah, I gotta can... get him
2: a guest on your show. Yeah.
8: If we, I don't think 20 minutes will be long enough for Scott Blumenquist. You might need about two and a half hours. <laughs> right. Um, Paul says
1: Tony Stewart isn't happy with the world of outlaws. Well,
2: he's not happy with anything right now except for the NHRA, I guess. He's well, not happy with NASCAR. Is he not happy with the world of outlaws? What do you... So... I guess Tony's just not happy with anything right now. Well, he's
1: not happy he, outside of the He's Definitely NHL. not happy with NASCAR right now. We know that. Yeah, for sure. We know that is.
2: So what's he upset with the world of outlaws about?
1: Chaz is stirring stuff up. You know, I, listen, I don't listen <laughs> to Chaz show very often, but um, Chaz
8: has been known to to stir the pot a little bit. Right, Austin? Like I said a couple days ago, I only. Ch- trust chaz as far as i can throw him and that ain't very far that's not very far he's a pretty big boy you know chaz used to weigh like 400 pounds did you know that i did not i raced with chaz on iRacing a couple nights ago and he's a great personality cool dude but i don't i i always i kind of in in one year out one year on his
2: on his media hmm We know that Tony is not happy with NASCAR. That's all we know. We know that. Uh, Donnie said on Chaz's live YouTube feed,
1: I was watching it, and he said loud and clear that he wasn't going to be there. So that's news to me. I,
2: I would not take that to the bank.
1: No, I wouldn't either. I think that's in the heat of the moment. Yeah. Right. So, all right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to have more of Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Lucas Oil Products. We're going to talk about Brady Bacon's big win out at the Oval Nationals next here on Mostly Motorsports. Again, all brought to you by Lucas Oil Products. It works. We'll be right back.
0: You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer. There is less than one hundredth of an inch of motor oil protecting your car's engine. Friction and heat causes engine oil to experience thermal breakdown, weakening its ability to protect the engine and its parts. Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer is specially formulated to resist thermal breakdown, protect vital engine parts, and extend the life of your engine. It also stops smoking, knocking, and oil consumption in worn engines. Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer. Keep that engine alive. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer.
1: Welcome back to Mostly Motorsports. I'm Scott Trailer, along with Austin O'Neill. Kirk Elliott hanging out with us here as well. So, um, Oval Nationals this last weekend. Brady Bacon picks up the Eagle. What did you think about that
2: race? Boy, he had the dominant race car. I was happy to see him win uh, in memory of his grandfather, Ted, who passed away earlier yeah. in the week. And this was his first Eagle Trophy. And it was just kind of cool to see him dominate the weekend and win. I was I was rooting for him.
1: Yeah. No doubt about it. Um, what did you think of that race out there? Did you get a chance to watch it
8: there, Austin? Yeah, I watched some of the highlights, and it was – I for the first half of it uh, had two lanes of, of racing. So uh, I learned uh, what they needed to do between, you know, the first night and the second night on how to, to get both lanes going. And, uh, yeah, it was, you know, for the far parts that I got to watch of it were,
2: were pretty good. I wasn't disappointed like I was the first two nights. Yeah, it turned out in the later part of the race top dominant, as it was the first night at the uh, Oval Nationals. Uh, but, yeah, there there was at least two-lane racing for much of the race. Not all of it. But by that time, it didn't really matter. as Bacon had a pretty big lead and would have had, even if the racetrack would have remained two grooved the whole way. Yeah. So, um, Robert Ballou, he started
1: third. He kind of faded there a little bit, didn't he? He fell back to fifth. I, I never felt like... I, I, I... And Brady Bacon's going to be on the show with us tomorrow, by the way, just so you know. So tomorrow afternoon, Brady Bacon will be on mostly motorsports. But I never felt like Robert had the speed in his car. It, did, did it seem to you, Austin, that Robert didn't have enough motor? Did, it, did, it,
8: did you feel like that when you were watching him race? He's not short on motor. Huh? He's not short on power. What motor he run? Don
1: I don't know. Either that or he just couldn't get. Maybe he had too much wheel spin. I don't know. But it just didn't seem like he he could get down the straightaways as good as the other guys. Would you
8: agree with me on that or not? Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, 40 lap race. You got a ton of fuel behind you. track's going to blow off. So you you can be throwing different gears at it. Uh, You're trying to get fuel load to burn off. Um, Tracks kind of greasy after a rework maybe. So, I mean, there's a couple of variables. But he is, if you're winning USAC
2: races, you are not short on power at all. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, let's get back to Brady Bacon. It took him 10 laps to get the lead. So it really wasn't easy as Emerson Axum had jumped out. He led To the early laps. lead in that race. Yeah, yeah. But I thought the only other car that may have had something for Bacon had those two guys been racing together would have been Jake Swanson. He started seventh in that race. He ended up second. But by the time he got up into the into that second spot, he was so far behind Bacon that he just had no shot at him.
1: Yeah. Would you agree with that? You think Jake Swanson was the guy that
8: had the biggest shot at, at beating Brady Bacon? He was my pick going into Saturday night. Uh it was going to come down to, I think, Brady just had had one of those weekends that was, wasn't was going to be be unchanged. It's just, uh, you know, that momentum coming off of his, his grandpa's passing and, you know, he won the first night and, uh, you know, just had good speed and practice night. And it was just finally that time where it was going to be his year to finally pick up, um, you know, the, the win on Saturday night. He's won plenty of prelim races and just been, been close but hasn't, hasn't been there. And this is finally the year that I think, you know, everybody kind of kind of seen the first two nights of, of racing that, that you know, he was going to be hard to beat. But, you know, Swanson has been fast. You know, this Western swing was fast here last year. So, you know, it was going to either be, you know, Robert Swanson
2: or, or Grant going to be or four. That was going to be, you know, all right there together. Yeah, Bacon didn't win the points championship, but he still walked out of there with a pretty good amount of cash. He won the Bubby Jones Master of Going Faster uh, series. In addition to uh winning those features over the weekend, but the big man that walked out of there with the big prize was Justin Grant, who uh captures his first uh, sprint car trophy. I just think you could have walked out of Paris with seventy thousand dollars in your pocket
8: if you would have won the championship and the uh the Oval Nationals. Yeah. man did you see where they had uh save uh
2: Paris Up there on the billboards. Did you see that? Yeah. You just wonder just what the future is of that racetrack out there. Uh, I don't know. Five years from now, are we going to see a Paris Auto Speedway? I I don't think so. I'm not sure we will either. Um,
1: Here's the thing. And I think Austin touched on this a little bit the other day. I think the biggest problem right now with racetracks that are out in California is how how are they gonna water those racetracks? How are they gonna prepare those racetracks? Those tracks didn't you say that Oh well, no, I didn't say that.
8: I, I told oh. you it's the government that's gonna ruin racing for everybody. Right. The government. It, it's 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 we're we're seeing it with there's there's hopes, not hopes, but um, you know, we're going around that's uh, Stockton's in, in question right now and, and you know, like I've I've mentioned this, it might have been two weeks last time I touched on it, but um EPA uh and it's it's been an issue for for quite some time now and uh you know i have a membership with pri and it's it's you know one every two weeks or every other week uh you know i'm just getting emails about um you know new things the epa is passing along or or you know meetings that they're having that you know people people need to attend and um you know california is wanting to to Pass this law over to you know to have you know no emissions all electric vehicles by like 2030 20, 2035 20, 35 um yeah. you know it's electric cars cool and all but you know what's gonna happen to motorsports so and and if california passes this law i believe there's 14 to 17 states that follow that and um you know there's there's a couple of states in that list that are, are big racing states so um you know if they don't want any emissions and and no motor vehicles um, you're not going to have motorsports in in those states, so um, you know it's racing is is in very big question right now, and it's it's for somebody that's you know wanting to make a career out of it, or and currently have a career out of it, like our full time you know national you know touring drivers with outlaws, um, USAC or the All Stars or anybody that's just making a living in racing in general. Um, it's it's they're all we're all concerned because we don't know if we're going to have a job in five years, and that's not. Um, not just to say the drivers will have a job, but it's, you know, car owners and chassis manufacturers, park businesses. And it's, it's, if, if this goes away, I mean, you're putting hundreds of thousands, maybe, you know,
2: I'm not going to maybe say a million, but a lot of people out of, out of an employment. They want to ban the com- internal <coughs> combustion engine, right? They want it to go away. I,
1: I, I, I don't think you <laughs> ever get rid of the combustion. Engine. I hope not. No, I don't think so. I can
2: tell you this, uh, Watching electric-powered car races, I ain't doing it. That that does nothing for me. Do you watch
1: it over there on the Formula One side, the electric car races, Austin? Do you watch them?
8: They have a Formula E series, which is all electric, and I I don't I don't care to watch it. No. But uh, you know the Formula One deal is, is is a hybrid, so it's half combustion, half half you know electric. But. Um, you do you, know, you think they're, we'll they're, ever
1: see electric race cars on the racetrack? Do is trying
8: to push along a new series for electric SUVs? Maybe
2: maybe, but I won't be watching. Mm. <laughs> it's I'll watch it. You watch electric powered car races. Yeah. I'll watch it. No. I can't do it. I gotta have the uh I gotta have the sound, the horsepower. If anybody supports electric
8: motorsports mm-hmm. it just furthers the reason to get a get rid of 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 an internal combustion engine. If if laws or, or lawmakers, series owners, whatever you hire ups and 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 no no racing engines see that fans are tuning in to support um, you know, electric vehicles. Then it gives them a reason to get rid of rid of the internal combustion engine when they already want to. So it's just backing up backing up their reason. So um, if it ever happens, I mean, if, best thing you can do is don't support it if you if you don't want that to be the next you know new normal thing. I'm a race fan. I'm gonna watch races.
2: It doesn't matter what it is. Yeah, but what's electric powered cars do? I mean, that's 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 not that doesn't interest me at all. Part part of the lure of racing is the horsepower and the you know, the being able to get more speed out of a car. Horsepower's a big part about it. And the sound and the feel so, and So
1: what you're telling me, no. Kirk, is the day they go electric, you're gonna get out of racing. You're gonna quit.
2: I just don't have any you, interest you, in watching you, electric powered not, you're, cars. You're not gonna
1: wa- you're not gonna watch any racing.
2: Well, not not electric powered cars, no. Mm. How would you feel if your electric cars are electric? I, I, you
8: sit there in the stands, and you can hear yourself think. Does
2: nothing for me.
1: Well, listen, I can hear myself think every day.
2: Just so you know. So you'd be interested in watching electric powered car races? I, 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 I'm a race fan. I want to watch racing. Yeah, but part of the being a race fan is the, is the noise and the fury and the sound and the horsepower and. That's all part of it I, I i'm
1: just I'm just telling you i'm gonna I'm gonna watch racing it doesn't matter what it is
2: I, I'm just saying I hope we don't get to that though
1: uh you know what I, I I don't think that we'll ever see that on the racetrack as much i don't I I don't, I don't think you'll go to your weekly racetrack and they'll have electric cars racing out there I don't no. think you'll ever see
2: that well who would show up to watch it I
1: would I'd show up to watch it, but I, I'm just going to say that I think that um, combustion motors will always be the the choice of race fans to go and watch racing' yeah, you're I, not I, I don't think you'll ever see electric cars racing
8: weekly at a local uh, at a weekly racing track. I don't think you'll see it's it. either going to be no racing or an electric. If if they don't want any emissions, what's putting off emissions? Yeah, but I don't think they're going to get rid of the internal combustion engine. I hope not. Um, who knows with these goofy people that, that make these decisions, but... yeah, We
2: don't have the power grid that can handle all electric cars right now, so they'd have to... They'd have to improve the power grid by an immense amount in order to handle all the electric vehicles that they're wanting to put on the road. I don't know if you've
1: noticed on my block, Kirk, the houses on my block, there's six of them that have uh, solar panels on their houses right now.
2: That's only good if the sun's shining, right? Right. No, it, it, it works. Even when it's cloudy out, it works. Yeah
1: sun doesn't have to be out. You know, I don't know if you know it, Kirk, but the sun
2: penetrates through the clouds. Do you know that? Yeah, it
1: does. Yeah, yeah. So.
2: But still, a bright, sunny day is better than a cloudy day when, it, in terms of gathering the energy necessary, does it not? V- Vicky, she
1: just chimed in. She says, putting the cart before the horse. I agree with you, Vicki. No doubt,
2: but you know, you brought up there's in California and out west, and I would imagine Arizona and some other places are like that. They've been in a severe drought where water is an issue. It is out there, mm-hmm. and if they put restrictions on how much water you can use to water your racetrack, that would, and I think that's already had an effect on some racetracks. Let out me there. let me
1: just say this. Um, when I lived in California, and I did. I lived out there in the late 70s, in the early 80s. It was the same way. EPA, everything out there. It, 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 they were totally all about making sure that... Um, listen, have you been to California, Kirk? Have you been out there? Have you ever noticed when, when the smog is really bad out there? Have you ever been out there? I was out
2: there. I was out in the LA area with you here a few years did ago. Did you see the smog? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, there's a lot of cars out there in California.
2: And I just don't think you're going to shut that off in 20 years. No, I don't.
1: Well, it, it, I think General Motors made a pact that they're going to have electric cars by 30, 35. That's their plans.
2: All electric cars?
1: That's what their plans are. Good luck. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's happening. Well, I, I I think they're going to be pushing for it. I mean, look you, you look at the ads on television right now. Chevrolet's got sh- uh, electric
2: pickup trucks. But, but again, the, the you better improve the current power grid in order to handle the increase in the amount of electric cars that they're wanting to put out on the road. Mm-hmm. That's going to take some time to do that, and I don't think they're going to get that done by 2030 or whatever their goal is. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that's possible.
1: All right. Well, we'll
2: we'll close the note on
1: uh, close the show on that note right there. Let's just hope that that doesn't happen. Let's hope that we have combustion engines forever.
2: Well, I ho- I hope they still have racetracks in California in the next twenty years. Fifteen is it? When is twenty thirty? I guess that's coming up here pretty soon. You look at it twenty twenty three. That'd be seven years from now. Twenty thirty. 2030, thirty five. Twenty thirty five. 2035 is what general Motors said that, that that's within the next 15
1: 12 15 years yeah no doubt all right well thanks everybody for tuning into the show it's all been brought to you by lucas Oil products it works uh for austin o'neill for kirk elliott we're going to do it all over to, again tomorrow folks brady bacon's going to join us on the show tomorrow we'll talk about his big win out there at the oval nationals that's all right here on mostly Motorsports. again all brought to you by lucas Oil products it works for Austin O'Neill, for Kirk Kelly, and I'm Scott Trailer. saying we'll see you tomorrow.